0: I have a friend joining me today, in fact two friends, it's the week before school starts. So I have a lot of help and a lot of opinions about the way a podcast should be run. So I'm excited for you to hear the impact of their help and their support because I have two of the most supportive boys. Okay, so I have a confession. I've always thought of bucket list as too morbid, too cheesy, too much of a thing for the over-80 set, but you know, I've seen the research on the science of happiness and the usefulness of living each day as if it were your last if you want to inject your goals with passion and dedication and enthusiasm. So to put it simply, life goals matter, right? And the research shows this, but it's hard for me to sometimes put that research into practice. I like to drag my feet. But I know that by pushing the envelope on life, taking risks, articulating your deepest desires and gathering support around that, and also being fearless, you not only will become happier, but you will die without regrets. I've been thinking about what I want to do with my life or in my life, what I want to see and experience and learn. Sure, it came from a health crisis, like this renewed vigor with which I want to pursue this life, these life goals. But, and, and so many life lists are born from a place of embracing fear and wanting to live life with regret, but I'm also turning 40 in October, right? And so we know that when we have these major milestones, we begin to reflect on what we've done, where we've been, and who we are and what that um, means to us on a daily basis. Um, And then I watched a documentary on BBC called Before I Kick the Bucket List, and she really explained it was a woman named Rowena Kincaid, and she had a terminal illness, and she explored what you would do if you only had months to live. In this heartwarming, heartbreaking, life-enhancing, all-the-things documentary, um, she tells us what that looks like. And she shows us while she is dealing with this terminal illness, she still has her humor, her drive, her fear, her strength, and she stresses the need to make memories, do things which make you feel better, experience life with your family and friends. We do this as a family. We um, make like family fall list, family fall bucket list, or spring, summer bucket list. Um, and really, it's become something that we look forward to each season and make the most of each season in our lives. I love this quote by Mark Twain. It says, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream discover. I hope that through these life goals that we're going to discuss today, a bucket list, a life list, whatever you choose to call it for me, it's life goals, that you live with this spirit of exploration and discovery, and that you understand that you have the whole world at your disposal, and you go for it, and you live courageously. You live your life with courage and with strength. There doesn't seem to be any doubt among the goal setting experts that written goals produce better results than goals that aren't written down. Writing goals in a place where you can easily see them has the effect of reminding you of your commitment to yourself, and it also allows other people to support you in your accomplishments and in your work. Mary Kay Ash, you know, the founder and president of Mary Kay. Um, started every day with a list of prioritized goals that were tied with longer-term goals. She typically started each day by tackling the hardest goals first. She taught everyone in her company to do the same. And it's very incredible the extent to which she was able to dream and to do and to be in this world. It also appears obvious that accomplishing goals leads to greater joy. And science backs us up on that, right? I want you to think about what brings you r- joy, real joy. As Ho- Howard Thurman said, ask yourself what makes you come alive and do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. I realized this past week that walking with my sons brings me great true and real joy You see, I couldn't walk for a couple months thanks to difficulty with motor function, and then I broke my foot when not using my cane. But now that I'm in my walking boot, we were able to get out there. And he talked to me and he held my hand and I couldn't help but feel the most intense feeling of joy that I remember experiencing in such a great amount of time. It was beautiful. Not only did I have this beautiful child who was present and with me, and I would argue not on technology, right? And also that I was able to walk. I remember being so jealous of walkers when I was at my lowest point, of people out walking the dogs. And that was a real source. That was a goal for me to be able to walk around the block. And guess what? I did it. I did it and then some. So I want you to write about what brings you joy. When you need an emotional boost, this list list can serve as a reminder of things that might be added quickly and effectively to put a smile back on your face or things that you need to do to refill that, that bucket, that your soul, that you need. The great researcher on flow, Whose name I can never pronounce, so I'm not going to try, said the happiest people, are those who regularly enter what he calls the flow, a period in which we lose track of time and are engaged in meaningful and positive activities that challenge our skills. We are most likely to enter flow at work, and when we are doing something we love, like the pursuit of hobbies, such as gardening, bicycling, painting, are also typical flow activities. Because flow is so positive, people report feeling energized and happy about what they pursue while in the state, and any goals that cause you to enter the state are going to be easier to achieve and more rewarding in the process if you think about it. I want you to think about when you're most likely to be in the flow. Guess what? My flow comes when I'm recording podcasts, when I get to speak about topics that matter to me and I can just keep speaking. I love it. There is nothing like it. And I know that deep within me, this this gives me great fuel and great um, experience as I move towards my goals with passion. So findings from 30 years of research on life satisfaction show that happiness requires having clear-cut goals in life that give us a sense of purpose and direction. When we make progress towards satisfying the most cherished needs, goals, and wishes in these 16 areas of life, which I'll talk about, um, it contributes to contentment and we also find that sense of well-being. So there are so several different ways to explore the qualities of happy or describe the qualities of happy people. But I think that there is the big four that are so important and so necessary to this conversation. The first is optimism. And it is that innate sense that it will be okay, that we will make through this, that this is not the worst thing that has ever happened to me. The second is self-confidence. So how do you show up? How do you look? How do you feel about yourself? What does that say about what you're able to do? The third, and I think this is controversial, but it's extroversion. Are you an extrovert. And before I get to this, I want to finish with the fourth um, being self-efficacy. And I have a lot to say about self-efficacy as well. But this list of traits is important because it is um, not hardwired from birth. They can be shaped, cultivated, um, trained. For example, optimism training is quite well-known and effective and natural introverts can fake extroversion. Let's say that you need to go out uh, because your job requires it. You can be that even if it's not your natural tendency, but that extrovert personality that um, enjoys and really learns to enjoy what it's like to be with people, I think is very helpful. And as it relates to self-efficacy, it's like a muscle that you can build. And of course, there's four ways um, that you can build the sense of self-efficacy. I don't know why in psychological research we like fours, four of this, four of that. So self-efficacy being um, a muscle, I think it's one having role models. Now, I have to tell you, one of my dearest role models um, is Dana Hensley. And she has taught me so much about this concept and what it looks like in one's life. Her Courage and in Action interview, the first interview I did with her, I was taken. I mean, I've known her, but I was taken by her views and her work in this area. And I just would encourage you all to go listen to it because it was such a great um, podcast. But I also think about self-efficacy as having um, a cheerleader in your life. So that's the second um, of the four ways and really having someone on your side, someone to cheer you on. And sometimes we don't have that and we hire coaches and that's great. I have it in friends, I have cheerleaders and mentors and role models, I have it from my family, but I also have a coach to support me and help me understand what is important and how to, how to be clear about what matters and what I need. The third way is managing stress appropriately. Woo! I've learned a lot about this and hope to record a podcast soon on taking real time and investing in self-care and why that matters. So look forward to that. And fourth is having mastery experiences. So knowing that we can do something and we can learn and try and grow and accomplish something that we get over time we get right. I also would not want to miss talking about um, my college professor, Dr. Rick Snyder, the founder of Hope Theory, the psychology of hope. And Rick said that when a person has goals, he or she begins to think more creatively about how to achieve them and that this pathways thinking results in more hopeful outlook on life. People who are hopeful are happier, and they work much more persistently and flexibly towards goal completion. Not only will a life list show you how to be more hopeful, but you'll discover it for yourself, why it pays off handsomely in goal achievement. And Rick lived with chronic illness he lived with pain and still in that hope and in that spirit and in that work of self-efficacy, he was able to be happy and free and alive. I, I truly believe that we get to make this choice. No one else can make it for us. And even if we're afraid and we feel like having a morbid <laughs> life list might be too much for us, I really believe that we can choose happiness. We can choose a sense of purpose. We can choose what matters in our lives and how to show up, but this results from courage. This results from us taking those steps towards life and towards what is s- brings us joy and what is sustaining in our soul. And this is what we get when we live, when we really live and we're not just shying away from life. I often think about what it would be like to not be able to, to walk again. And what would I be left with? So much of what I have is how I move in this world. And we know that we are not just our body. We are not just our experiences. We are more. And the more we can lean into that, lean in and and have the courage to, to write those life goals, those life lists that are meaningful and matter, and that you can check off day after day is a really incredible, empowering activity. So I want to encourage you to take the time this week to write a hundred things to do before you die? Are you considering a trip? Do you want to go to Paris in the springtime? Do you want to see the pyramids? That's me. Do you want to swim in the Dead Sea? Do you want um, to spend time on an island with the love of your life? Do you want to meet someone? Do you want to forgive someone? This is mine and it's really hard to talk about. Do you um, want to see your kids grow up and walk them down the aisle, right? Do you want to achieve certain milestones? And that might be something, it might be different for everyone. For me, it was a long time finally getting that PhD. You often look, when creating a life list, at things that you didn't accomplish and um, you, you left unfinished. So what are those unfinished projects that you still want to do? Um, What do you want to do that might sound ridiculous to others? Do you want to have a new career, some professional goals? What does it look like to live fully in the present? My life list, um, 100 things to do before I die, is a real testament. I, I wrote it and I was shocked by it. My goals are not... I want to have a car, this car. I do want to have a Tesla, but that's beside the point. But it was experiences and time and spending and going to dance at a club here in Wichita with my good friends and feeling and being able to move my body. So I want you to think this week about what would be on that life goal list. What matters to you what will bring you joy, what will make you most come alive. I hope to hear from you. I cannot wait. I wish you all the courage in the world to pursue what will set your soul on fire. Pursue it with passion and integrity and, and, honesty and vulnerability and courage so thank you so much for joining me this week even with children screaming in the background I don't know if you could hear that um, and it was just a, a it was this was a real delight I thought long and hard about recording this podcast because it is so morbid and no I don't think I'm gonna die <laughs> I want everybody to um, know that but it is the act of of valuing the life I have now and living the life I have now rather than living in fear. So thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to see you next week. We'll have a Courage in Action interview. So blessings to you. Thank you so much and have a wonderful week. Thank you.